A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Chelsea Clinton is back in the news. That can mean one thing and one thing only. This was probably the dumbest weekend of all time. And you would be correct because also thrown into that pot, AOC and the more Title 42 needs to be in place, but no, 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 no national emergency for COVID. We'll talk about all of those things coming up on this edition of Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins and I'm flying solo this week. So buckle up for some critical thinking. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I am flying solo this week, no pad only. So I'm just going to say hola, como estas to all of you. I hope each and every single one of you had a great weekend. Um, this weekend was full of dumb. Everywhere I looked, everywhere I saw things, everywhere I got to experience things uh, getting out of the house. Um, even in my neighborhood, things were dumb. It, it was all sorts of stupid, stupid, stupid. So we're going to dive into the dumbest of the dumb, and that was a really high bar this weekend. We're going to feature Chelsea Clinton talking about immunization. <clears throat> That's going to go well. AOC decides to weigh in on the Allen, Texas uh, mass shooting, which uh, also apparently now Hispanics can be white supremacists and... Hmm, who didn't see that coming? And then also the Title 42 situation and national emergencies for COVID. We're going to talk about uh, all of that. That is all going to be featured on this episode. Now, Pat is out the entire week. He's not just out today. He is on vacation, enjoying some time. Um, so I hope he enjoys that. You're going to get some evergreen episodes this week, which means we're going to be talking about topics that are not, quote unquote, topical. Um, meaning they're not going to be news of the day. But I do want to encourage you to do this. Go over to my Twitter, at The Coppins Show. I'm going to pin a tweet later today. I'm going to be asking you for your best truth or fiction statements. This is a very simple thing for you guys to be able to participate in the show. If you have a statement that you want read, that you want me to discuss whether I believe that statement to be truth or fiction, it is very simple. Respond to that tweet at The Coppins Show. I'll also put it up on our Facebook page um, so you can follow it there. But very simple. We need your audience participation. 
Truth or Fiction Tuesday. We want you to participate. We want you to give us the things that you are thinking about, things that you would like us to critically think about. So with that being said, hit me up at The Coppins Show. All right, all of that stuff out of the way. Like I said, AOC, Chelsea Clinton, and Title 42, it had to have been a really dumb weekend. And I'm going to be kicking this off with Chelsea Clinton, who wants you to know that it is basically time to force jab every unvaccinated child in America. And it's all part of the quote-unquote WHO's The Big Hetcha. That's right. Bill and Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton's daughter, Chelsea Clinton, is part of this big initiative, along with, wait for this, the Bill Gates Foundation and the, again, WHO, for this effort to catch people up on immunizations because dastardly people, like 25 million of them, according to Chelsea Clinton, um, <clears throat> missed a single vaccination under the age of one. But she had other things to say before she got into that. Uh, interesting take. I do think, though, you know, when you ask about the role of public-private partnerships kind of uh, after the last few years, I think we spend so much time, understandably, uh, focused on the mRNA vaccines and technologies. I spend a lot of time thinking about um, the really uh, unfortunate, to try to use a not uh, too judgmental word, um, kind of rise in not only kind of vaccine hesitancy and questioning, but outright kind of um, rejection of vaccines and of kind of science and the scientific kind of process, and also too often on our scientists, our epidemiologists, our frontline healthcare workers. And so I do think um, we need to have a much more robust conversation um, and sense of urgency, uh, because I think we are less prepared today than we were arguably um, in January of 2020, partly because of the kind of um, lack of, of trust and confidence in uh, in not only our scientists, um, but in in science itself, um, and certainly in. Did you understand the words that came out of her mouth? We have to have a much more robust conversation. We have to have a robust conversation over what? Oh, you mean like we were supposed to have? Uh, it, like I don't know what science is all about science is supposed to be about robust conversation robust testing robust experimentation not just getting to quote-unquote consensus but finding truth it, the unfortunate notice that language as well right the unfortunate uh choice of people to be skeptical whom gave us that skepticism? It couldn't have been the very people who told us to trust them and then lied about it. It couldn't be the fact that those like myself and Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz um, and Jordan Schachtel, um, Alex Berenson for, the, for quite a bit of time, and many, many others sat here from the very beginning and wanted to look at the data and understand its implications. And why do I have skepticism? Because I saw the garbage data they were inputting into their, you know, doom and gloom modeling and getting garbage data on the backside of it. Again, 
Imperial College and the IHME modeling told us that upwards of 2 million people were to have been dead by August of 2020. They were off by factors of 10, folks. Not even 200,000 had been dead by that point in time. It was somewhere around 60,000, I believe, if I'm correct. I'll have to look back at that uh, total number. But it was far, far from where the models had told us things were going to be. These are also the same people who told us to mask and not mask and do this and then don't do that. And then, you know, all of the things with the quote-unquote vaccine. You wonder why people are vaccine hesitant today. It couldn't be that people are observing other people getting weird things, dying randomly at very young ages after taking the jabs. It couldn't be that uh, we had an entire quote-unquote scientific consensus that um, if you took the original jab, right, if you took the jab, original versions of it, if you took it, what would happen? You wouldn't get sick, you wouldn't transmit it, and you couldn't get it going forward. Turns out you still could transmit it. It turns out that you still could get it going forward, and it turns out that you still could get sick and die. And oh, by the way, um, if you are under the age of 18, especially if you're a teenage boy, your chances of getting myocarditis jumped up by about a hundred percent oh what the frontline doctors oh you mean like the doctors who didn't have consensus by the way the doctors who actually looked at practicing medicine instead of filling out forms you mean the doctors who actually took the time to understand what was going on with the virus or the disease or however you want to term it those doctors who actually were practicing medicine and giving alternative solutions to putting mRNA technology that has never been proven to work in all of human history. And by the way, didn't work in this situation. Lest you forget that, lest we forget this reality, didn't work. Not one bit. But you're still the bad guy. I'm still the bad guy for, I don't know, healthy skepticism. Because what have I always said about the jab from the very beginning? I don't believe we had enough information to put that into my own body. And my suggestion to the vast majority of people was that you have to be careful of your own medical history, consult with a physician, and more importantly, if that physician is unknowledgeable about your own health situation, you need to go find a doctor that will be, a doctor that will research whether or not these things could have harmful side effects for you. Or let's say you already have heart disease. An increase in in anything that could blow your heart up even further is not a good thing. You are playing with your life at that point. But what I suggested from the very get-go is let us gather some information, let time prove itself out, and if these things are effective, if they have little to no consequences to them, then I would consider getting one. 
I would consider it. But as time went on and on and on, and we began to find out the realities around these things, and we find out that it in that they hid clinical trial data, they just just sussed people out who happened to have myocarditis or people who got uh, certain certain ailments and abnormalities in their lives. People who died, they just tossed them out of the study in Argentina, the largest study in the world. We talked about this on the show. I can't, can't imagine why anybody would have been skeptical. Can't imagine why anybody would want to know some information and be informed before they jab something into their body. Again, mRNA technology is this kind of like wonder drug idea, right, that is out there. Because if you can get it to work, you can just alter anything inside the human body and, and we wouldn't have disease, we wouldn't have anything, right? Because you can just alter that technology and stop whatever's going on. That's the, the thought process behind mRNA technology, a repeatable and reputable um, shot that you can take. Except for prior to this, what did we know again? That none of them have ever worked. And now we know this one did not work. I don't care if you got jabbed three times, four times, whatever. Guess what? Either you still got COVID or you didn't get COVID. It had nothing to do with whether you took this shot or not. It had nothing to do with it. Like literally nothing. There are people who got jabbed four or five times who got deathly sick from getting COVID. There are people who didn't get the shot, who literally were completely and totally asymptomatic. There are people who got the shot and were asymptomatic spreaders. There are people who didn't get the shot and got deathly sick. And some people died. And guess what? There are people who died who did and didn't get the shot. And the thing that bothered me the most in all of this is Chelsea Clinton and these people still believe that they have to shove this kind of BS down your throat as if you don't see through it. And look, to those who are still out there wearing masks in public, to those who are still out there pushing these jabs, that you got to get them six months apart and get them, get them, get them, get them, get them all the time. To those people, you're the one who won't listen to science. You're the one who won't consume science and make decisions for yourself. This is the culture that we have grown in. This is the culture that we have grown to be accustomed to, that expertise, quote-unquote, in a subject means you know everything. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Because if I can sit here and look at your data interpret your data, understand the outcomes that you claim came from it, and debunk half of your data, you're no expert. Look, I am not an expert in most things. But if I have the ability to critically think, I have the ability to do what? Take in and analyze information. And I'm sorry to the quote-unquote medical experts out there. But over the course of my lifetime, you have proven to be 
less than experts on almost anything. You know, we could talk about what was good food for you and bad food for you. What caused obesity and what doesn't cause obesity? What is a good diet? What's a bad diet? We get, you know, both sides of certain information all the time. You know, having a glass of wine is good for you. Then it's bad for you. Then this is good for you, but it's bad for you here. And then it's good for this, but it's bad for this. And, oh, by the way, you're obese because of this or or that and blah, 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 blah. It, it, we could break it down to food. We could break it down to any sort of medical situation. We could break it down to astronomy. We could break it down to, um, you know, marine biology. We could break it down to biology. We are learning new things all the time. Things that take old quote-unquote truths and flip them on their head. Now, there are some basic biological truths that exist. And the truth of some, the biggest truth out there is that there, yes, biologically are multiple sexes out there. But it's not really the way that the trans community wants you to believe it. There are XX and XY, male and female. And then there are people who have abnormalities based off of those chromosomes, uh, the, the chromosomal makeup, and they're presenting, quote unquote, to use the language of the left, as male or female based off of some of those abnormalities. But they are abnormal. They are not the vast, 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 vast majority of people. Less than 1% of the population has some sort of abnormality to their chromosomes that make them either not male or female or have both male or female parts. And then what? And then what? Right? We deal with those abnormalities as they come about, but they're not something that you just get to choose to be and we can go down and down 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 all these roads but chelsea clinton is not done with telling you how dare you think for yourself and so i think we need kind of the public sector to hopefully stop doing things like stripping away public health emergency powers from state public health agencies but we also need the private sector to help candidly, like, do a better job of helping explain kind of the science um, that you are already commercializing and bringing to market, but also what you're working on. And, and help us kind of in the broader conversation um, not be uncomfortable with the discomfort of uncertainty. Um, and so I do think we need really good ideas for how best to do that, um, because we all deserve to hopefully not be as unprepared as I worry we are um, at the moment. And the last thing I'll say is a, a new effort that we're a part of uh, is the new initiative launched by the World Health Organization last week to try to catch kids up on their routine immunizations. In 2021 alone, more than 25 million kids under the age of one missed at least one routine immunization. And so we're working with WHO and the Gates Foundation and others uh, to hopefully have the largest uh, kind of child. Okay, I, I, I can't take it anymore. I just can't. So those who said, wait a minute, you don't get to be a dictator. You, you, we're going to pull your that power back into the hands of the population or at least in the hands of elected officials who can do something about it. What? What? So what? 
And then furthermore, 2021 Chelsea, question for you, question for your ilk. What, what pray tell was going on in 2021 that would have, I don't know, prevented somebody from getting a routine immunization? Oh, that's right. The, uh, the continued insanity around hospitals, the continued insanity around your ability to go to a doctor's office. These people are not going anywhere. So for those who say, well, it's time to move on. No, 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 no. It is not time to move on. This is a fight for your freedom versus their control. This is a fight for your ability to make a decision. By the way, if you got the, the immunization if, or whatever you want to call it, if you got the vaccine or, or the jab or the poison poke or, or whatever you want to describe it as, again, that is your own personal decision. I'm not going to fault you for that or not, but we should have the freedom to do either of them. Government, get out of the way. This is about control versus liberty. And they're not going to let go of control until you take their control away. Until you make them pay a price for this. Until the Fauci's, until the Chelsea Clintons, until the Deborah Burks's and the you know, down and down and down until governors, until, you know, presidents of the United States are held to account for decisions that were made to shutter businesses, to destroy lives, to destroy livelihoods, until they are held to account for the medical misinformation in quote unquote disinformation at times, by the way, to use their words that they propagated on all of us until there is accountability for their actions, for their words, for their inactions, they're still going to demand that control. And so, no, we cannot let it go. So, no, I am not going to let it go. Even as the United States of America, quote-unquote, ends its public health emergency on Uh, About three days from now. All right, so speaking of control and bad takes, we have to talk about the control that the federal government used on immigration called Title 42. And I want you to understand one thing and one thing only. Title 42 has been about public health emergency plus turning the spigot of immigration off. So basically... The federal government has the right, has the ability, using the public health emergency to enact Title 42 and stop people from immigrating to this country should they test positive for COVID or in the case of the original um, use of Title 42, it it had to do with a communicable disease that uh, came from China itself. So what did we do? We turned the spigot of immigration off from China. We didn't allow people who were Chinese nationals to come to the United States of America. It was just that simple. We used it for immigration purposes, for travel purposes, okay? That's all that it is. That's it. It has nothing to do 
with immigration and immigration policy more broadly. It has everything to do with the ability of the federal government to control immigration based on public health emergency status. That's it. That's it. But some of the people in the quote-unquote liberty, liberty, liberty sphere had this to say over the weekend. It looks like the Biden administration ended the COVID national emergency just so they could avoid the Supreme Court ruling on Title 42, says Liberty Lockdown with Clint Russell. That's right, Clint Russell at uh, Liberty Lock Pod. In other words, the states that were using Title 42, pandemic excuse, to deport illegal immigrants will once again have no legal way to do so. Hence the 100K migrants preparing to cross into Texas later this week. The Biden regime seems dedicated to harming America in irreparable ways as often as possible. P.S. If you are an open borders libertarian, please spare me the lecture. <coughs> Excuse me. Potentially 400,000 migrants entering Texas per month is going to be devastating. You know it too. That's just reality. On the one hand, at least Clint Russell gets, at least Clint is understanding what Title 42 was meant to be about. Here's what I do not understand from those who are, well, we have to do it, we have to do it, we have to keep Title 42 in place. You are arguing the position of the left. You are arguing that the national health emergency should continue. In what world does that make any sense? In what world Advocating that position is a position of liberty. In what world should we, in the liberty movement, be advocating for government control at that level? The national public health emergency that was declared originally was arbitrary to begin with. I can make an argument that, yes, at the very beginning of this, we needed some levers of control within our government because we had a very modest, at best, understanding of what COVID-19 was and its implications and its spread and its ability to impact our society. Okay, I can make that argument. But once we knew that, it was time to get away from a health emergency and to have some sense of liberty back. It was time for our governments to say, we are giving you the people the information and do with it as you will. Because that's the reality. People were doing it whether you liked it or not, whether people in, in Chicago liked it or not. Businesses, some of them flouted, some of them just whoosh, just crack the whip. Some of them, you know, bow down to, to the master of the government and don't shutter my business. Some of them flip them the double birds. And then the shame that they attempted to do by putting your name in the, in the newspaper probably didn't work. In fact, uh, a lot of people just flocked right to those businesses, which tells you a lot of people were done with your BS. But getting back to this Title 42 argument here, 
You cannot be on the side of liberty, the side of quote-unquote limited government. You cannot be on the side of we have to do things by the book and then sit here and suggest to me that we have to absolutely use Title 42 to do what? To stem the tide of illegal immigration? Now, if you're suggesting that illegal immigrants, if you are suggesting that this is a national public health issue, that is one argument. But that is not the argument that the um, the people who are backing Title 42 and its continued usage are making. The, notice the argument that is being made here. The argument is that this is the lever in which states get to use to, quote-unquote, protect against illegal immigration. Well, I hate to tell you you've done a really shitty job of it with Title 42 in place, by the by. Look at El Paso. Look at Brownsville, Texas. Look at what's going on in Arizona. Look at the things that Greg Abbott is doing when he's bussing immigrant, uh, illegal immigrants up here to the city of Chicago in which, oh, by the way, they're just going to hire, wait for this, they literally have just taken an entire hotel and turned it into quote-unquote migrant housing. And oh, by the way, we were told um, late this past week as they proposed using a old high school that is in no longer in use here in Chicago on the south side. When the community, a.k.a. the, the black community, OK, the vast majority in that area, which is 90 percent black, by the way, and about seven and a half percent Hispanic. When that community had a meeting with the government, they said all hell no and all hell broke loose at that meeting. It was white supremacy that was the problem. White supremacy had crept into the black community. And we're going to get into that topic in a, in a moment as well. But... Again, I cannot understand the liberty position of Title 42 staying in place because Title 42 doesn't give the state's individual control over deportation. It gives the federal government that regulatory power, that ability to deny entry at the border. Now, do I understand that we have an illegal immigration problem? absolutely. freaking lutely But the answer to that illegal immigration problem is not to abuse federal law, is not to take and misuse federal law just for your political will. The answer to this problem, the answer to how do we stop this, starts with, and hear me out on this, demanding action of your congressperson, your senator, your state legislature, your state senate, your governors. Now, sure, Greg Abbott has ta taken some action here. But I will also say this about this entire situation. Yeah, the, the anti-liberty stance here is the National emergency, the national health emergency needs to go away, but Title 42 needs to stay in place. How? Why? 
Those two are inextricably linked. The answer, by the by, is our elected officials pulling their collective heads out of their asses and finding a solution. Two wrongs do not make a right. You don't right the wrong of illegal immigration by wrongly abusing the U.S. Code. Those of us who believe in liberty, those of us who believe in the quote-unquote rule of law, those of us who believe that immigration into this country is broken, we shouldn't be breaking immigration law either on our side. I don't understand the stance uh, from these types of individuals. I am not an open borders advocate in the least. I'm also not about abusing federal law to solve a problem that could be solved by thinking through the problem, creating legislation, and fixing it. But the people in Washington, D.C., just like on the abortion issue, just like elsewhere, this is a cudgel that they get to use on one side or the other, and people profit off of it. We have talked time and again about the problem of illegal immigration, and there is no doubt about it. Let me be clear on this. There is absolutely no doubt about this. This problem is going to get worse before it gets better. There's no question about that. But what is the answer? The answer is not to distort, not to just misuse the U.S. code to obtain some sort of political will, to take your political will, if you have real political will, by the way, you, ch you have the ability to change this thing. You have the ability to do something about it. We just don't see the federal government having any, or more importantly, the people putting the pressure on the federal government to make the necessary changes to do something about it. Now, what I will advocate for on this subject is that the federal government has shirked its duty to the states, okay? It has a duty to make sure that these states don't get overrun. They have a duty to do what? Uphold the rule of law. To do what? To provide adequate resources to be able to protect the citizenry. And after what we saw in Allen, Texas, and in Brownsville, and um, there was one other place in the last week in Texas in which um, unfortunate, horrific mass shootings happened, in which all three were illegal immigrants into this country. Again, how much does that have anything to do with the, the actions that were taken? Little to none. We talked about it last week. One of those shooters um, happened to be an individual that had been deported four times, come back a fifth time, and then did what he did, slaughtering that family. That's terrible. It's horrible. But the question remains, would he have done that? What is his immigration status? Have anything to do with that inhuman action? No. He was insane. He would have done that somewhere else had that presented itself. It had nothing to do with him being an illegal immigrant. It had everything to do with him being an absolute insane bastard. 
But those are the points that I want you to understand here. We cannot be pro-liberty yet misuse government in that direction. Those two things are incongruent. The answer is through political will being done through legislation. And if our federal government is unwilling to help protect these states, I firmly believe you got to look at Florida, Texas. You have to look at New Mexico, Arizona, and California. And you, as a state, have to say, if you are not going to do your job, by God, we are. Now, speaking of illegal immigration, speaking of problems from this weekend, we had another mass shooting, horrific, terrible, no good, awful mass shooting in Texas this past weekend. And naturally, people went to their corners. Naturally, this happens every single time, and I'm just so sick and tired of both sides of this equation. The thoughts and prayers are the only thing, crowd. No. no. But equally, the take away my guns, crowd. And it's a gun problem. And, and, and both sides just go right to the corner. And then when people have a, an attempt to look at genuine solutions around things like mental health, we have a mental health issue in this country. We have way more people suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. We have way more people suffering from not totally controllable, but more controllable mental health issues. Look at what went down in New York City at the subway, right? An absolutely mentally insane, dangerous individual with 40-plus arrests. Yeah, he ends up being choked out. And by the way, the totality of all of the video from that shows that the individual who put that chokehold on also attempted to make sure to resuscitate and attempt to save that man and wake him back up. It just didn't happen. It's very unfortunate. But we have a lot of really mentally unstable, really dangerous people in this country. And for what we did to the mentally ill in the first half, at least, of the 20th century, made us overcorrect to we cannot have institutions. People don't deserve to be institutionalized. Um, you know, we, we need group homes. We need um, for them to feel, quote unquote, normal all the time. And more autonomy. We, we corrected to the 180 instead of trying to meet in the middle. Because here's the reality, folks. There are people who do need to be housed in an actual institution. We need people who are very dangerous to other individuals to be taken off the streets. We do need to seek actual treatment for these individuals. Actual treatment. Can you sit there and force medication on a paranoid schizophrenic? Oh, hell no. You're never going to be able to do that unless you physically control the space in which they live in. And oh, by the way, somebody who actually is paranoid schizophrenic, when they might need an adjustment to the medication, they can get that adjustment done 
and not be a danger to themselves, the people they love, the people that are in their homes, the people that are in their communities. And I'm not suggesting that the person who uh, committed the, the shooting in Allen, Texas is necessarily mentally ill. But I want you to, under, because we don't know much about it, what we do know is some of the most disingenuous lying reporting I have ever seen. Maj Toure, former MSNBC or still MSNBC reporter. We've got people out there claiming that he was a neo-Nazi white supremacist, except for he was a thousand percent Hispanic. And they, they labeled him white on some sort of arrest sheet, except for he, that was a mistake. Um, you know, believing in conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory about shoes that he was wearing. And then Kamala Harris wearing the same shoes with the same laces. Uh, so is she a white supremacist now? Is it true that he may have interacted with some stuff? Sure, but what was the quote-unquote interaction? The... the this is all insane. We are now supposed to believe that somebody who's Hispanic can be a quote unquote white supremacist. Like not a not a white Hispanic, but just a straight up Latino is now a white supremacist. Okay. That's that's an interesting way to, I don't know, be white. The the, the part of white supremacist that you need to be to be involved in that. Could it have been that they interacted, and hear me out on this, because we also know information that leads us to believe this individual was, wait for it, a Hispanic gang member. It, so that interaction, hear me out on this, could have been um, gang-related, gang-to-gang-related, um, drug, you know, one mule to another mule-related. Could that have been the interaction that you're speaking of? But the absolute dumbest of the dumb takes that happened this weekend, the absolute worst, came from our esteemed, esteemed congressperson from the Bronx, AOC, who had this to say. Republicans keep blaming mass shootings on mental health, but then defend the killing of the mentally ill, too. Uh, what's it? talking about willis like for real this is the dumbest i have ever seen the dumbest quite literally again as i said on twitter aoc show me one member of team gop that has ever advocated for that one oh well maybe she was talking about the fact that they advocate for that person to be killed on the scene yeah because guess what if you are committing mass murder, the neutralization of you is the only thing. What are they supposed to do? Sit there and give you a DSM-5 test on the spot while you're still spraying and praying with, uh, with, a, with you know, whatever weaponry you're using? Again, we have an actual mental health crisis in this country. We are just unwilling to have the conversations that need to, to need to happen. And more importantly, I will say this, the answer is not more government, by the way, because our government over the first half of that 20th century did some very evil, terrible, horrible things to people who had real mental illness. Just ask the Kennedy family. 
what they did to their own sister. Just take a look at the height of eugenicism and the eugenics movement in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Where do you think some of the things that happened in Nazi Germany came from? Eugenics, which was a Western idea, by the way. The mentally ill, the feeble-minded need to be dealt with. The only people I know of in history that have decided that those who are mentally ill deserve to die or should be killed are far-left eugenicists. Far-left eugenicists. That includes Margaret Sanger. That includes a whole host of you know, George Bernard Shaw, by the way, and plenty of others. Now, the other part of this is that we have to have the ability to have real discussions in this country around people who have real mental illnesses. People that are a danger to people around them and all of those things <coughs> should not have access to, to guns. You're right. They shouldn't. Why? Because they shouldn't be anywhere in normalized society. They should be in an institution in which their protection, in which the care, the, the medication, the ability to live a fulfilling life is the goal. We cannot go backwards, but we have to reimagine, and this is a word that the the right hates, but this is the reality. We have to reimagine how we deal with mental health in this country. We have to be able to say, yeah, there are people who are a danger to society. We need to have a process in place that not only protects society, but also makes sure that that individual gets the care that they need. And this is what I advocate for all the time when it comes to drug abuse and alcohol abuse. We have to have both the carrot and the stick. And the carrot and the stick when it comes to mental health is that lockup, that ability to lock up, that ability to then when they are in not a prison, but in a institution that is focused on providing the actual mental health that they need, or more importantly, a place in which they cannot do harm to others or themselves. Because there are people who are like that. That is also a reality. There are also people who have mental health issues who are absolutely capable of dealing with those issues, getting the physical, emotional, and medical help that they need, and becoming productive members of society. Absolutely. But just like the individuals who are hooked on drugs or, or alcohol or whatever have you, they also have to have the want to be able to take those treatments. But we, we're on, it's an either or in our society right now. And there is a happy medium that needs to be taken. But that has got to be the dumbest take I have ever seen from AOC. At least in the top five, at a bare minimum. Republicans want to kill the mentally ill? Who has 
ever said that? Whom? Certainly not this guy, and now I'm not Team GOP. I'm more of a libertarian, but that ain't me. I have never seen a Republican say anything about killing people who are mentally ill. The only time that that has ever happened in anybody's lifetime that's still alive was from the far left, from your side, AOC. So defend George Bernard Shaw, defend Margaret Sanger and their positions on how to quote-unquote deal with the mentally. Do you believe that to be true? If not, what is your solution to the problem? And oh, by the way, the solution also has to take into account their liberty because they, they are still a human being and they still deserve human treatment. And that means that that adjudication of some sort of mental status or or whatever, or the adjudication of them being barred from firearms ownership comes from the presumption of their innocence and the government or the people around them being able to prove that they are that danger, that they deserve to have something like that taken away from them, that they need to have that institutionalized help. And oh, by the way, We can't go down that government route. This also cannot be a simple, you know, private enterprise solution either. Because we know that people still today are abusing and misusing and treating these people horribly. So I have some reservations about that being an answer either. Some major reservations about that. But with all of that having been said, I hope we have a less dumb week ahead. And again, tomorrow on Truth or Fiction Tuesday, check out my Twitter at The Coppin Show. Make sure you get me your Truth or Fiction statements. If you do so, I will read them on air and I will tell you whether I believe them to be truth or fiction. So until tomorrow, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.